Thank you for listening to Titans Talk. This week on the podcast, the guys review the Jets' win, talk early returns from the 2018 draft class, pick their Jaguars jerseys, and preview Thursday's game. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe and comment, which is a big help. Find Titans Talk on Twitter at Titans Talkcast. All right, guys. Big comeback last week. Down 13 against the Jets. Uh, big fella, Landon. Uh, how did you feel during that comeback? I didn't think we were going to do it. And then, you know, it took a lot of big plays from our young players, specifically Taewon Taylor. I mean, without him, that comeback probably doesn't happen. Um, They had a matchup that they clearly liked, and they clearly were able to exploit it by sending him deep. And then, you know, everybody else made a play. We had Ferkser make some really good catches. Davis had a great touchdown catch where he was actually short of the goal line and kind of powered in. So, you know, it was an overall team effort. Uh, Marcus played pretty well, honestly. With the exception of his pick six, his early pick six, and a couple unnecessary sacks, I think he played pretty well. Landon, who who who's your hero of the game? I'll probably say it's Mario, just because at the end of the day, he's the guy that led us back and sc- and got us in position to win. Like the defense, yeah, had a great day overall. But at the end of the day, if it's Blaine Gabbert out there and it's not Mariota. We're talking about how we lost to the freaking Jets on Sunday. You know, it's interesting. We uh, we were down 13. We gave up a pick six. We um, gave up a long special teams return. Um, I would be interested in NFL history how many times you could do those three things and win. I don't know if that's a statement to uh, how clutch we are, how resilient we are, or how lucky we got Sunday. What do you think, big fella? I think it's a little bit of everything. Um, but I agree. I don't think many teams can have the mental mistakes that we had and allowed uh, and still come out of there with a W. So I think it really speaks to our team resiliency because there have been times, you know, where our team in the first half, we've looked like absolute trash. Um, but usually in the second half, we come out and we, we find a way to win. Um, Marcus is usually incredible in the fourth quarter. I don't, you know, it gives you and I and Landon and it all gives us all heart attacks, but Hey, if it gives us the W, I'm I'm okay with a little, little heart rate elevation. Oh yeah, I think it's Good also point. a testament to the Jets' offense versus our defense. Like our defense isn't the world beater it was when it was like number one in points allowed, but they were good enough to limit the Jets' offense to just five field goals. So their their great day can't be overstated. That's a terrific point. If uh, there was something that wasn't luck or there wasn't a good bounce of the ball, it was the play of our defense, which is absolutely the reason I think we came back and, and won this game. Um, speaking of the Jets, um, I myself, I like Todd Bowles as a coach. Uh, I don't think he's um, Newt Rockney or anything, but um, I don't think he's uh, got a terrific roster, and obviously they've had issues at quarterback. Uh, that being said, I, I think his uh, tenure as the um, head coach of the of the Jets is coming to an end. Uh, Land, if that is the case, uh, compare the Jets' job and their talent and how they look moving forward. Compare that job to, to let's say, the Cleveland Browns' job. Well, I think the Browns' team as a whole has a whole lot more talent across the board. Like, so far, Baker Mayfield looks a lot better than Sam Darnold. Nick Chubb and Duke Johnson are better than Isaiah Crowell. They have Jarvis Landry, David Njoku. They have Batonio and Zeitler, two great guards. 
Miles Garrett looks like he's going to be the next defensive player of the year. Then they just have a bunch of solid defensive players led by Denzel Ward. I think the Jets team does have some interesting talent, but overall it's just a weaker team with less depth. I think if you had the choice between Cleveland and New York, I would probably take Cleveland 100 times out of 100. Wow. I think there's some talent there. Uh, Darnold has not looked like a future star to me, but he has looked like he's shown potential. Uh, I think that's uh, those are all good points, though. Big fella, um, I, you mentioned this to me earlier in the week, but repick, uh, regardless of need, go back uh, eight months later and repick the uh, the 2018 draft for me. First pick. <laughs> um. You know, at this point, I think it's I think it's hard to argue with Baker Mayfield. You're talking about first overall pick with the Browns, right? You're going to go back, and you're not the Browns. You're, uh, you're a generic team, and you have a need at every position. Who would you pick? Who is the most valuable player from this last draft? Who do you want to uh, build a team around moving forward? Mm. Uh, that's the question. <clears throat> Gotcha. Um, if I'm looking right now at last year's draft class, I think guys like Derwin James have to be up there. For the number one pick? You sent me a text a day ago about who would obviously be uh, um, uh, the first pick here. And that's Saquon Barkley. Oh, that guy. Yeah, of course. Forgot about him. Yeah, no, I, I think Barkley is obviously a great pick as well. Um, I think, you know, uh, something that's helped Barkley is landing in the right situation. Um, you know, he's got a, a more or less an aging quarterback who isn't playing his best football. So having a, a running back like Saquon Barkley is a huge security blanket. He's caught a bunch of passes, and, you know, he's just such an incredible athlete. Um, that, you yeah. know, I, I could – I could literally justify him, be, him being anywhere in the top ten. Um, I, I I don't think – I think Cleveland lucked out, and Nick Chubb was way better than they had ever hoped. Um, they potentially have yeah. their quarterback of the future, and the Denzel Ward pick looks better and yeah, better every Yeah, that's a really good day. player, and the kind of player you need to move over, I mean, uh, to you know, kind of move up. Uh, yeah. Ward was a good pick over Chubb, and Chubb has been a good player. Chubb has uh, been a great player. A, yeah, there's a lot of good picks in this draft like there are every draft, and it, it was a good draft for sure. Mm-hmm. Speaking of that, Lan, um, we don't uh, – no one on this podcast has uh, any um, votes on any postseason awards yet, but Landon, if you did have a vote for um, Offensive Rookie of the Year, who would you vote for? Oh, it's Barkley 100%. I'm not even thinking about it. I'm writing his name and I'm turning the card in. I mean, I think it's Barkley and Lindsey. Yeah, Philip uh, Lindsey would be, if not my first, would be second. I think Barkley, I think you make a great point about Barkley. You make an obvious point about Barkley. Philip Lindsey has just super impressed me. Yeah, Lindsey has been great, especially as an undrafted rookie. But the thing is, for how good Lindsey is, I think Barkley is already a top five running back. And it's just, at that point... As good as Lindsay is, it's hard to compete with that much of a, a talent at this How about point. this? Saquon Barkley has 17 more rushing yards than Philip Lindsay. 
Saquon Barkley's at 954. Lindsay's at 937. There you go. Wow. I mean, that's insane. <laughs> one guy was the second pick in the draft. One guy was undrafted. That's, um, wow. We're going to talk a lot about that sort of thing. Um uh, when we spend a lot of time uh, this spring talking about the NFL draft, it's not just that you can pick any uh, undrafted running back and he can come in and do a great job, but there have been a few this year, uh, and none better that I can remember than uh, Lindsey. I think Lindsey, I would think, is going to be the first. I think he's on my Pro Bowl team, right, Lamb? Probably. The AFC running backs, from what I can think of, aren't good this year, especially since with Hunt getting... And Gordon's going to be hurt. He's not going to play in that game. And yeah, Hunt, Hunt, you know, is Gordon. obviously released. Yeah. After that, it's probably like James Conner. Who's, who's good. Who's also not going to play because he's hurt. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like be he, may, he might go in as an alternate, but still. He's on the verge of being in that discussion. That's incredible. Big fella, if you had a vote for defensive rookie of the year, who would it be? I'm really thinking Derwin James. I mean, oh, he's looked so good. Just to see yeah. him play, uh, you know, to actually watch his games, he's got, he's got a lot of, um, um, I don't know, trying to think uh, what what safety from foregone years does he remind you of? You know, he's a little bit of a hybrid. You know, he can he can cover like Ed Reed, and you know, he can hit like you know like Vaccaro. I mean, he's yeah. I think everybody kind of build him as an overall, um, a great overall safety, and I think that's exactly what he's he's shown he can be. Uh, and I mean, you look at this Chargers team, and you, you know, you lose Weddle, and you think, oh my God, this team isn't going to have another good safety for a long time, and then plop, Boom. there goes Derwin yeah, James, no. and you literally lose very little. I mean. He's just such a polished prospect. I just think he's really, really, really going to work out. Um, yeah. yeah. So I'd yes. have to go him. Absolutely. Uh, Derwin James is good. Uh, you know, um, Chubb has, what, nine sacks? He's looked impressive. We talked about Ward. Uh, you know, a lot of good defensive players um, at, at the top of this past year's draft. But uh, I, in my mind, I, I would go with James as well. Landon, what about you? No, go ahead. I think I think at one point James versus Darius Leonard was a legit discussion. Yeah, Darius Leonard, wow. Mm-hmm. Yep. But I feel like so far James has just been a bit better overall since Leonard has missed some time with injuries. And obviously that will play a factor in voting in stats. But it's just James's impact because he can play both safety positions, linebacker, nickel cornerback and he's occasionally lined up at outside cornerback so he's really been played everywhere on the field for defense yeah and I, you know to, to Landon's point Darius Leonard is definitely another name that you have to consider for defensive rookie of the year and I don't know if it's necessarily rookie of the year but Leighton Vander Esch oh wow he's on draft really night I, I'll tell you what I, on draft night I was like oh my god they made such a reach for him but he is incredible and then pair him with Jalen Smith and Sean Lee whenever he's healthy, and they've got one of the better linebacking cores that, that's in the NFL. I mean, yeah. they're, they're just They unreal. did well with that. And, and I thought he should go in the 20s. He went a little early. Uh, Calvin Ridley seemed obvious, uh, like they would pick him there. They went for Vander Esch. 
But really, in the last four games, especially on their run they've made, he's been a big difference. He's really come of age, and he's got a really high upside. But physically, uh, just uh, just his length and athleticism, uh, he could be really good for a long time. Oh, easily, without a doubt. I mean, and it's just it's just incredible watching him play. I, you know, obviously, I haven't watched a whole lot of Dallas Cowboy football, but you know, when they've been on and I've watched, I'm yeah. just like, oh my god, how did how did they look out with these two linebackers? Yeah. They, for all um, that Jerry Jones gets, uh, all the flack that he gets, and he deserves a lot of it, they they draft talented players. They do. I mean, they have uh, they have their weaknesses, uh, but they, they add talent. There is talent on that team. Would I want them to have a, a more fierce pass rush? Would I have wanted them to invest uh, more on that in the last five years uh, if I were a fan? Yeah, but you, you can't. Dismiss Ezekiel Elliott, obviously, in the talent that he has. Vander Esch, obviously, Darren Lee, um, Lawrence. They, they've, they've got a pretty good team. There's no question. And they found, obviously, their quarterback in, in the third round. Um, obviously, the big thing for us, guys, tomorrow night, I love these primetime matchups. I like Thursday games. Not everybody does. Uh, the Jags coming to Nashville. Um, what a weird game Sunday. Uh, some one of you explain to me six to nothing. They beat Indianapolis. Um, eight straight games. Andrew Luck has three touchdowns. Is that right? And then they get shut out. What? What the heck happened Sunday? The Jags defense finally remembered that they're supposed to be a top five, top three defense, <laughs> and finally got their mojo and confidence back, and decided to give it their all. Big fell. Yeah, I think, you know, Landon said it perfectly. I think this team, um, you know, they've obviously had a rough go of it. And sometimes when you're in it, it's so hard to be positive about it. So I think a lot of, you know, a lot of their good players, and they have a lot of good veteran leadership on that team, um, I think they kind of rallied around each other, you know, with their emergent young players and their strong veteran players. I think they really, you know, they have a command of that locker room. And they didn't allow themselves to get too sidetracked by one game. And yeah. they came out and beat a division rival and one beat a division rival that was on an incredible pace, um, you know, with Andrew Luck and the Colts. Landon, what does that defensive revival, what are the implications for that tomorrow night? Are we going to see that kind of effort from them? What are you expecting from the Jacks tomorrow night? Well, obviously it's a divisional game. It's a rivalry to some extent. It's in prime time. So there's a plenty of motivation for the defense to step up. I think an underlying part of it was benching Boros for Kessler, where Kessler wasn't great by any means, but he didn't end up self-sabotaging the team like Boros has done so many years. And just that confidence that your own guy isn't going to lose the game for you is big for a team. Yeah. Um, I think now's a good time to point out um, – Big fella, we, we go to all the games, and uh, for the last couple of years, one of our favorite things to do as we're walking off uh, across the pedestrian bridge uh, with fans of other teams that are happily here in Nashville and enjoying our great time, our great city, we always like to discuss, based on what we're seeing, if we were a fan of the team we're playing that week, uh, what jersey we would own. Um, I think it's an interesting question for the Jags. Uh, big fella, if you were, I know it's tough to think about. If you're a Jags fan, what 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 jersey would you own? 
You know, there are a couple. Um, if I'm going with current players, you know, as much as I hate the, the Jags and I hate everything about them, I really, really, really like Yannick Ngakwe. I just think he is such a good young player. And yeah. he just gets it. You know, and he looks like an absolute athletic freak. Um, he's just incredible. But there are a couple ones that, you know, as you're looking at, I'm sitting here looking at some of the some of, some of the names on the Jags throughout the years. And, you know, I mean, there are obviously some that we know of. I don't know if yeah. Blank Bortles makes it in anybody's um, jersey repertoire. But, you know, Maurice so. Jones-Drew, no. um, when he was in the league, one of my favorite running backs is Fred Taylor. He would just destroy it. Yeah. Um, I remember Fred a, Taylor at Florida, yeah. and he played a long time. Uh, I Yeah, Taylor would be up there. And I think he's a fan favorite to this day. I think Tony Baselli, uh, he'd be a good one. Yeah. <clears throat> Tony Baselli would be mine. If I when I was uh, a teenager, I remember uh, when they started the franchise. He was just a, kind of a bedrock for them. He didn't get to play as long uh, as you would think for somebody of his caliber because of injuries. I remember him coming out of USC. Uh, for me, it's Jimmy Smith or Tony Baselli. Yeah, and I, I you know. As a guy growing up in Pennsylvania, Paul Pozlesny's on that list, too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I've always been a fan of him. He's just, you know, I really enjoy NFL players who just turn into really good pros. They never have anything bad off the field, and they always give 100% effort and 100% heart. Those are the kind of guys that I want to wear their jersey on, you know, <clears throat> yeah. not, not just on Sunday, but every day. Uh, exactly. So I think he'd be a really good one to, to wear. Um, exactly. Yeah. The final one for me is a guy that grew up uh, in Nashville, went to Pearl Cone, and he is exactly what you're talking about. He, he never made any negative news and played, uh, represented this city well, played at University of Tennessee, played defensive tackle, is uh, one of the Jaguars' 10 best players of all time, John Henderson. Uh, yep. I don't know if you guys remember him from uh, the ni- uh, late 90s and 2000s. Um, sure do. Land, what about you? Well, I, don't, I would end up going with the current players. Jersey, and we haven't mentioned him yet, but Jalen Ramsey. I feel like he's one of those players where if he's on your team, he's everyone's favorite player. Like, he's cocky, he's arrogant, he's getting the face of the other teams, and you're loving it because he's your guy, he's doing this. But when you're on the other teams, it's just so incessant and so annoying that he just becomes like a villain. And if I were a Jags fan, I would love Ramsey so much. He's just... He's just like, he seems like any football fan, if he were on their team, they'd love him. Well, I would agree with that when they're winning, but I, I would imagine uh, even as good of a player uh, that he is, I would imagine some of that behavior is growing old uh, in Jacksonville. What do you think, John? I would agree. Um, I think, you know, the the Jaguars brass has been pretty vocal about they're kind of over the antics with Ramsey. Now, I don't know if it's enough to – to trade a player like that or anything. Um, um, yeah, I wouldn't think so. But, you know, he's a, tra- he, he's a you know, transcendent talent. And you just don't let that kind of get away to, at, at a position that the NFL is trending to be one of the most important positions outside of the quarterback position, you know, is cornerback. And I don't think you want to give away a guy like Ramsey. I mean, if you do, then you're starting to talk about I don't know about Khalil Mack type value, um, but you're definitely in the same ballpark. Yeah, someone would give a lot of value for him, but I don't know that he has that value. Um, uh, it's going to be interesting to see, but I, I would think they're going to hang on to him. But you never know. Tom Coughlin is uh, 
a crusty old guy, and if anybody was going to trade um, an elite player, it would be someone like a Coughlin or a Gruden that's kind of a my way or the highway type. Here's hoping. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> I've got I've got concerns about tomorrow night. You guys know I've, I'm cautious um, and I worry about, you know, these games. And uh, because we we have the penchant for playing down to competition – um, and beyond that, Jacksonville's strength is obviously their defense, specifically their pass rush, uh, along with, you know, Ramsey. And, and they just have a lot of talent up and down the defense. But their front seven is stout. And our weakness, uh, as I believe it, um, is our offensive line. So anybody else worried about strength against a weakness? Uh, and beyond that, obviously we've talked a lot about a, a reshuffling of the offensive line. We saw it. On Sunday, but we didn't see the shuffling we would think. We thought we might see Conklin kick inside. We didn't. We saw um, Big Fellow's favorite player, uh, Spain, uh, leave the game. <laughs> and uh, first of all, John, tell me what you think about the reshuffling. Are we going to see that? Ben Jones kicked a guard. Levin come in the game. Uh, do you think it helped? I know we just saw it for a half. Yes, we came back. Do you think that was a part of it? Are we going to see that moving forward? And then Landon, after that, let us know what you think about the the strength versus weakness. If that's gonna it's a, if that's gonna be especially tough for us tomorrow night. You know, having played every position on the offensive line, it's not an easy task, especially when you're, you know, a right tackle versus a left tackle, uh, or a right guard versus a left guard to just step in and play a different position, let alone center. Um, so that's a really difficult transition. Um, so I don't really imagine that we'll see that type of a change going forward. Now, I, what I do think is we might be able to move somebody like, I know we've talked about it at length a couple times, we might be able to move somebody like Conklin into right guard, put Kelly at tackle, um, keep Ben Jones at center, or if they want to put Levin in there. Um, I, I just don't think, you know, Ben Jones is, to me is not a swing guard and center. He's a center. And an average one at best. Um, you know, I think we paid him like he was an above average center to come here. And, you know, for a season when we had a, 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 a different For two run. seasons he graded out as just around average or above. He yep. did that. But this isn't two seasons ago. Nope. We're in a and zone he's blocking not, He's scheme. just below average, yeah. Things are a lot different. And, um, you know, uh, Conklin, I, I saw a, uh, an interview uh, with him and Luan talking about the changes to the offensive scheme uh, in, a, in a zone blocking scheme. And, you know, Conklin admitted that he had a lot of pr- a lot of trouble with it, and so did Taylor Luan. It's not what they're used to. They're used to, you know, the exotic smash mouth we had a year ago uh, and two years ago where they both graded out near tops in the league. Um, that's what they're used to. And I, you know, personally they say they both have the hand. They, they're getting better with it, which, I, you know, obviously I hope by week 14 you're getting better with it. But – um, I think it's more of, more of a struggle than anybody's admitting, and I think you know something needs to be done. I don't know if it's to to switch everybody out. I don't I don't know what it is, but um, clearly we have to find something that works. And you know, Sunday just proved to us that we can tool around with some different things, and you know that the coaching staff acknowledges that it's not getting done. So I think that's a positive. I think we have to kind of keep thinking outside of the box and. Try a bunch of different combinations. I'm sure this week during practice, you know, obviously they probably had a very light week all week. So I would I would be very surprised to see huge changes. But you know, we may see some t- to see some 
subs throughout series um, and, and, you know, kind of take advantage of some situations. Because as you said, like a strength against a weakness, you can't have somebody like Clayus Campbell on Ben Jones playing guard. You just can't do it. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what we do. Yeah. Landon, do you worry about us being lit up? Do you worry about us being unable to uh, um, to beat this team or if we get down to come back like we did sun- uh, Sunday just, just because of the potential dominance of this defensive line? Well, if we roll out the line of Lawan, Spain, Jones, Klein, Conklin, the line that the Jets defense was eating alive, and I, I, I am really worried about tomorrow night. But I think we do have a chance at – I've been a big proponent of moving Conklin, Conklin into guard to replace Klein, who has been pretty bad so far this year, and move Kelly in at right tackle where he's been very good. Mm-hmm. And obviously that kind of a drastic change on four weeks between games isn't the best idea, so we may go out with the same thing. I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if Conklin goes out for Kelly. Like, Conklin uh, you know, gets benched yeah. again. But it could I th- happen, I mean, yeah. But at the very least, obviously f- having Fournette back is going to help out their offense, but they still have Cody Kessler at center, so it's not like we're having to keep up with the Rams offense while our offensive line can't block anyone. No, you make a fair point. Um, speaking of their, of their defense, in uh, uh, Ramsey, you mentioned earlier, I expect... Ramsey to follow Corey Davis around all game. Um, we'll see what Corey Davis can do. I think he could potentially be up for the challenge. But um, that puts the impetus on to Juan Taylor. What 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 do you expect from him, Lynn? What, what, what are you looking for tomorrow from Taylor? I would say hopefully we give him plenty of – we get him a couple deep shots throughout the game. And with our line, that may be our best option. Just send him deep. Wait, throw it up, and hope for the hope for the best. Because Barry Church and Tashawn Gibson haven't been great safeties this year. Obviously, if Ramsey's on Davis, then the coverage is away from Taylor. So I can see him having a game similar to what he had against the Jets. And I think if we do get a game like that out of him, then our odds of winning are much, much greater. I think I, I would totally agree with you, yep. big fella. Oh, yeah, I definitely agree. I think, <clears throat> obviously, we've talked about how good Jalen Ramsey is, so he's going to take away a lot of options um, unless he just – even in the Jaguars' worst games, he was not their worst player by far. He was probably their best. Um, so I, I just think it's a really tough matchup. And A.J. Boye, he's not a pushover corner either. That's good. Um, so they definitely have some players. So I'm looking – I'm hopefully looking for, you know, some big plays out of – um, Taewon Taylor or even Tajay Sharp. I think they're going to get some matchups. Yeah, absolutely. I think Jonu Smith has to keep um, yeah. keep the pedal to the metal. He's been he's looked yeah. good the past couple of weeks, and you know I just hope he can keep it up. And Marcus needs to be smart because this defense there are a lot of veterans and there are a lot of smart young players, and they're gonna yeah. they're gonna try to make force some mistakes. And you know yeah. honestly to this point, Marcus has made some of those mistakes, and we really need him to avoid them as much as possible. Um, so I think we really need – Marcus needs to play the game of his life, um, you know, and especially in a game that's going to be as cold as it's going to be tomorrow. That ball is going to be harder and harder to catch. 
Um, so, you know, that, that edge kind of goes with your cornerbacks. Um, right. So it's going to be a tough game. Right. We haven't run against anybody. I don't see how, how we're going to suddenly start running uh, against the Jags. So it's going to be up to Marcus Mirada, uh, like you mentioned. Um, on the other side of the ball, um, uh, we have a good uh, run defense. Uh, I'm confident uh, in our consistency to stop the run. Uh, but Leonard Fournette's coming off. Uh, he's fresh off a of one-game suspension. I know, um, um, big fella, you're a big fan. What do you expect from him? How do you think we'll fare against him? Well, tell you the truth, you know, our, our defense has not played up to our expectations over the last couple weeks. I mean, yeah, they've been good in some spots, but overall, um, you know, we, we've kind of trailed off a little bit. So I need them to come back uh, and play the way we know they can. Um, I think obviously like Landon hit on before, um, Leonard Fournette is their offense. Cody Kessler does not scare me. Uh, Cody Kessler throwing to D.D. Westbrook, nah, I'm good. Not really that worried about it. But, you know, I'm even, I just pulled up the stats from last week and, um, you know, for us, Marcus had 100 yards passing, no touchdowns. Derrick Henry, 57 yards on the ground. Corey Davis, 30, 34 yards. You know, and then on the on the Jags side, you know, Blake Bortles, 155 yards passing, no touchdowns. T.J. Yeldon, 44 yards, and he was their leading receiver at 46 yards. So that was in the summer. So it's going to be December. It's going to be cold. And I just think it's going to be a really ugly game, um, but, you know, one that we need to win. We are the tough – I think we're the tougher well, we team. We have to. Uh, this is a win. Uh, we can talk about the remaining schedules. We'll probably do that on another podcast or if we survive tomorrow night. But we, we have to win to keep our playoff chances alive. Mathematically, if we lose, we'll still be alive. But in reality, we, we're going to have to get to 10-6 and six to make the FC playoffs. Easily. Yeah, I, I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm almost of the belief if we lose, we're out. Um, I think so, so too. We essentially we are if we lose, because mm-hmm. just way too much would have to go our way to get in at nine and seven. Yep. We got to run the, the tables. Is, the good news is that Indianapolis and Houston play each other this weekend, so you know, yeah, Indy that helps. Indy's really helping us by playing two divisional opponents two weeks in a row. Um, yeah. So it, you know, I'm not saying that we can still have a shot at the division, but, you know, you got to like our chances going in, especially with the way some of the other teams are shaking out right now. Absolutely. All right, guys, let's talk uh, team injuries. Uh, what do we got? Did anybody seen the latest in- injury report? Looks We look to be relatively healthy. I haven't really – let's see. Derek Morgan is questionable with the knee injury. Darius Jennings is questionable. And then Krugshank is still out. That's the only major stuff I've seen. Like that's no, that's big enough to pop up on the injury report. Because obviously everyone has some injuries this right. late in the season. Well, everybody's questionable that isn't on the IR. We got Butler questionable, uh, sending to an injury quadriceps. I expect to see Butler though. Tyler Sharp questionable uh, with an ankle injury. Uh, Darius Jennings uh, minor knee injury. All these guys are questionable along with Morgan. Llewellyn, Crookshank, and Mariota is uh, listed as probable with a hand injury. I think they do that to cover their ground uh, 
for the trouble they get in if they don't yeah. uh, report everything. It's just how the rules are. Like, there's no way Mariota won't be playing. Sharp almost will be playing for sure. Butler probably will. Yeah. But it's just that's how the rules are. Every little thing that's not the most in minor inconvenience shows up on the report. Uh, from an injury standpoint across the league, uh, Emmanuel Sanders uh, today, uh, torn Achilles, I hated to hear that. He's out for the rest of the season. That does affect the the playoff race, big fella, don't you think, down the stretch here um, for Denver. They also lost Chris Harris to a broken yep. fibula, I believe. Yeah, so big correct. fella, what do you think? Is that is that going to hurt their chances to, to do essentially what they're going to have to do, what we're going to have to do? I think they're going to have to win out. I think it definitely hurts their chances. You know, looking at the rest, looking at the the teams in the hunt, I thought that the Broncos were probably the most one of the more dangerous teams. They played well down the stretch, absolutely. Um, oh yeah, I would agree. So I mean, you know, like you said, I hate to have players get injured, um, specifically at important positions. But those injuries, they they kind of help our chances. Um, obviously, they aren't throwing to Emmanuel Sanders for a couple hundred yards a game. Um, well, he, I don't know. He's caught a lot of passes. He, he sure has. Actually, he was quite prolific this season. He sure has. And, you know, that's he's done incredible things in Denver. But right now, I think that whole offense funnels through Philip Lindsay. Um, now, if you take away their deep threats and their passing game, it's going to obviously close up some holes for the running game. So that might make – Philip Lindsay a little bit less effective, but I think a lot still has to kind of to go our way, and you know we definitely have to beat Jacksonville if we want to think about it, and to to even have this conversation for a couple more weeks, we have to win. Right, we've got to win. I don't. I love to talk about the NFL draft, but uh, if we lose tomorrow, next week. This podcast will be about looking to the future of the NFL draft. I'm not ready to do that yet. I want us to keep winning and make it interesting, and I want to uh, see the character of this team. Um, I think we could be right there. I I wasn't that impressed Sunday. It didn't uh, energize me like other wins have. I just think we were lucky enough to be playing that poor of a team. We're going to have to do something. The Jags obviously showed some life Sunday, and um, if we have a chance uh, – if we can't win tomorrow night, we don't deserve to be a potential playoff team, and that's the way I look at it. And I certainly hope we keep the run going. Um, I do want to talk briefly about Kareem Hunt. Uh, obviously, the three of us have talked about how disappointing, disappointing, disappointing it is that um, domestic violence and these sort of issues uh, are still so uh, um, pervasive uh, in our culture, in our country, and obviously we're not going to discuss that, but we all three feel that way, and uh, we're really – uh, we, it's just a difficult situation. Uh, from a football standpoint, Lan, um, what does this do for – we're not talking about the Chiefs as a playoff team. We're talking about them as a title contender. How does this hurt their Super Bowl chances? Well, I think Kareem Hunt was, it was easily a lock for a top-10 running back. And, where, and when Mahomes wasn't airing it out, which has been – I'm not even sure if he's had a game where he hasn't been stellar this year. He was he was a counter to a really good pass defense where they could grind it out with Kareem Hunt and they could dump it off to Kareem Hunt. They could ball use ball control with Kareem Hunt. And now Spencer Ware is still pretty good, but he's no Kareem Hunt. Obviously the the mojo and the 
atmosphere around the team is probably hurt from losing one of your star guys this late in the season to something so terrible? I would say top 10 running back is conservative. Um, he wasn't like the top running back in the league, but he averaged 75 yards on 16 uh, carries a game. He uh, caught 26 uh, receptions for 378 yards. Uh, he averaged uh, more than four and a half uh, yards a carry. He was perfect for that offense. Spencer Ware is good. He is not ideal for that offense. He's a different kind of runner, and I think it hurts their chances, you know, to uh, to a pretty large degree. I, I, I think they could still win with Adam, but I think he was a perfect cog for them. Uh, big fella, what do you think? I would totally agree. I mean, you know, obviously they've got a lot of weapons. Tyreek Hill is sensational. Um, I think they're going to get. I think they're going to get Sammy Watkins back. Um, Travis Kelsey, unreal. But you know, kind of like what you said. You know, they have with the way their offense goes. It goes through Mahomes, and I, I, I don't even know how you say it, but he might even have better passing numbers going forward um, because well, Spencer Ware, Charkandrick West, they are not the player Kareem Hunt is. But they're enough of a distraction that you have to pay attention to them at all times. So right. you can't you you can't focus in you can't um, you can't bail on the run as a defense. You have to guard. You have to defend the run, especially with those two sneaking out of the backfield. Um, so I just I don't really. I mean, as big as a as big as a, of a loss the team that Kareem Hunt is, I, I really don't see a huge drop-off in what their production could be. Land, as far as making the Super Bowl out of the AFC, right now, um, if you were to make a bet, would you take the Chiefs or the field to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl? I would probably say I would take the Chiefs just because so far the rest of the AFC has been so lackluster and inconsistent. Like, Houston's is 9-3. They've won nine straight. They still started out 0-3 and, and looked pretty bad. New England only has three losses, but they've been really inconsistent this year. Like, the Titans crushed them a couple weeks ago. Pittsburgh and Baltimore are in a weird deadlock for the AFC, South, the AFC North title. Neither of them looks particularly dangerous. The biggest threat might be the Chargers if they can keep up this current pace. Yeah. So I would, I would probably take the Chiefs over anyone else just because it's almost guaranteed, I think, that the one seed is going to be an arrowhead. And teams are going to have to go into arrowhead. Yeah. That's true. But we went into arrowhead. And we I was going to say, we're pretty comfortable with that. I think it's wide open. And I, I think the Chiefs are good. I think they're going to be a tough out. Uh, I'd take the field. Um, but I the Chiefs, see it first. But last year they had Alex Smith, and we knocked Kelsey out of the game. That is a... There's two terrific points. Big fella, the field or the Chiefs? I think the field. You know, I, I, like I said, there's not going to be a huge – I don't think there's going to be a huge drop-off of uh, Kansas City's production, but I just think that the Chargers, man, they're – I'm telling you, I tell you what, they're playing some good football. And they just they got good Joey players. Bosa They're back. so flaky, but, yeah, they are loaded. How many teams they get? Really how many teams get that much better in week 13, yeah. 14? I mean – That is a terrific point. Um, so Fellas, I, we're I, up against the yeah. uh, – I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say I, I I really would pick the Chargers if I were a betting man right now, and I'm sure the well, line is not incredible. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, but I don't think you're alone there. Uh, 
They're uh, they're one of those lookout teams right now for sure, and they played well down the stretch. They're notoriously flaky, but we'll see. Fellas, uh, it's time for us to to get out of here, but I want a prediction for tomorrow night's game, Lane. Fifteen ten times win. Oh. It'll be even uglier than it sounds. Yeah, that sounds <laughs> ugly, but I'm 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 right there with you. I mean, you know, even that I'm. Oh man, I'm thinking like seventeen fourteen. Uh, I'm gonna say twenty four twenty Titans. Um, I think it could. Uh, I think we'll see uh, at least one defensive touchdown. Uh, hopefully, uh, not against us. Hopefully, another put another pick six. But I think it will be an interesting game. It's gonna be cold. Kickoff will be about 34, I believe, and uh, we'll be there, and uh, we'll be ready.